Hi, welcome to Piloting. I'm Melissa. And I'm Renee. And we're your hosts. Piloting is a podcast for people who refuse to live on autopilot, where we celebrate risk takers, go-getters, and anyone craving a change. Hello, hello, Renee. How are you today? That rhymed. I'm... <laughs> it did rhyme. I'm really good. I'm really excited because we have crossed over a thousand downloads of the podcast. <gasps> clap, clap, clap. Which is snap, snap, snap. so exciting. Yeah. Um, I know that we were going to do something on social, but I think it kind of crept up on us. We didn't realize we were going to get there so quickly. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. We had this idea when we were maybe at like 800 and then all of a sudden we were like 999 one day and we're like, ah! <laughs> we'll save it for the next milestone. There's so we, there's so many milestones ahead. <laughs> um, yes, I can't like thank you first and foremost to everyone who has like listened to this podcast, who is c- listening to it right now and continues to listen. Um, anyone, friends, family, stranger who has left a review or shared a sentiment with us, we really appreciate it. And thank you for the 1,000 downloads. Yeah, it, it's been so exciting hearing from people. And, you know, whenever I hear from someone specifically that like the podcast, one of my friends who I saw recently said the podcast like inspired her to quit her job. Um, and I loved that. I was like, that's exactly what I want to hear. She was in a job that she wasn't excited about and now she has a new job lined up to start in a couple months and I just think that's beautiful that's that's what we want like wake up feeling excited about your life yeah oh that's inspiring me oh Mm -hmm. and you know we celebrate we've talked about this probably in the quitting episode and and whatnot but we typically celebrate people who get the new job or get married or do something like that but uh we don't oft as often time celebrate the quitting of a job or um a quitting of a relationship and so and those are both duality man those are both things that lead to bigger and better things so um but speaking of relationships i'm really excited i'm excited about everything that we talked about But in this episode, we really want to talk about the power of influence that our friendships and relationships have and how it relates back to the piloting journey and how it really is essential for us to be surrounded by certain types of people because it influences our own behaviors and influences, honestly, the trajectory of our lives. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was sort of shaped by this quote by... Jim Ron, making sure I'm pronouncing it right, who I didn't know existed up until today for this quote. And I I believe some of us have heard this quote before, but that is, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And we want to unpack that and talk a little bit more about the influences our circle has both the benefits and also just the negatives too. Yeah, I think we've touched on this a little bit. I think you have to be really, if you're intentional about where you're going in your life and if you want to pilot new things, break out of the norm, stop living on autopilot, I think you have to start putting the same intentionality into your relationships. And that's hard because a lot of us, we form relationships for a lot of reasons that don't always feel deliberate. There are French and relationships, platonic and romantic, you know, professional, etc. There are relationships that are born out of convenience. There are relationships that are born out of just proximity. We are close to each other geographically. Um, there are relationships that are born out of certain interests or hobbies that maybe we grow out of or you know we're in a different phase of life so maybe we're not going to the club and you know partying all the time anymore and not all of those relationships mature or grow with us to the new season so it's hard as an adult sometimes to look at these powerful you know connections that you've invested in for years and when you're starting to be intentional about where you're going 
to look at those relationships and sometimes not all of them feel like they're still in alignment. And that I think is really difficult, you know, like how do you, it's hard to think that this thing or this person, this relationship that's been so important to me for such a long time is not only no longer serving me, but could potentially be holding me back. But I have such an emotional investment that I don't really know what to do, or I I know what to do, but I don't want to <laughs> sever or create distance in this thing that has been really beautiful to me. Exactly. And it may be not even, maybe the friendship may not even be toxic. You know what I mean? Like it's not necessarily yeah. a toxic relationship that you're trying to sever or move forward from, but it's maybe one of compliance and maybe not compliant. Well, yeah, maybe one a, a friendship that's compliant or just stagnant. And mm. I mean, for the lack of better words, a friendship that is on autopilot where you are with somebody or tied emotionally to people out of obligation and, and loyalty, even though in some way, shape, or form, it is holding you back from reaching your fullest potential. And that's a really tricky and hard space to be in. And I think as two women who are in their 30s, early 30s, um, there are years and years and years of friendships that are in our future. And we've also garnered decades of friendships in the past. And we're at this like interesting critical point where recognizably some of those may not make it because of where and how we've grown. And I guess the question is, do we need to always grow alongside those friendships um, and still maintain friendships that aren't growing? Or is it better for all of us to sever certain relationships when they're not, quote, serving us, even though we desperately love and still care for those individuals? Hmm. Yeah, that's a big question. I've mentioned this book before, uh, Necessary Endings by Dr. Henry Cloud, but his philosophy Mm -hmm. in business and in life is that life is made up of seasons and that routine endings and pruning, um, which includes like maybe pruning some of your relationships is, is a a natural part of life. It's not this, you know, aggressive, let me take scissors to like all of the people in my life. It's, you know, it, it doesn't have to come from that ugly place. It's just, you know, sometimes you grow apart from friends and sometimes you have to have the conversation, which I, I think is, it's hard, but it's, it's, it's kind of nicer too, like versus ghosting, ghosting mm-hmm. a friend. But yeah, I think, I think ending something is, is challenging. Um, but I also think it's important before you cut someone off is to really look at when we talk about like expecting people to grow alongside us, it it's a question of, well, what am I learning from you? And I can be learning different things from you. So I might say, hey, I want to grow into the season of becoming a parent, for example. Like that's the next journey for me. But that doesn't mean that I should only, you know, narrow my focus to other people who are in that domestic headspace. Sometimes there's something beautiful about maintaining a friendship where, oh, this girlfriend of mine is not trying to become a mom, but she reminds me to put myself first, you know, in this journey or to still have fun, to still take a breather. Or I might be in this big career mindset where I am go, 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 climbing up the ladder, ambition. But these other friends who are not on that journey are adding value because they remind me to slow down. They remind me to be kind and be patient and I think growing together doesn't always have to mean that we're growing towards the same goal. 
Yes. And I think I that say, is you, something to remember. <laughs> you don't necessarily need to be on the same journey, but maybe the energy needs to be matched on the road of growth and betterment. So, yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I don't need all of my friends to climb the corporate ladder with me, for example, or become a parent with me or live a life um, child-free or childless, you know. That's not exactly the foundation of true friendship is needing and wanting the same things. I think that's the beautiful part of it is where you need and want different things, but maybe your motivation, emotional intelligence is it's matched where they are also on a growth mindset. If you are also in a growth mindset, because there are like really good literal health benefits of having friendships. And those include, you know, adults. So this is from a Mayo Clinic article. Adults with strong connections have a reduced risk of blood pressure, depression, and body mass index. Um, And there's like this whole article on other benefits such as – let me get my quotes right here – increasing your sense of belonging and purpose, boosting your happiness, reducing your stress, improving your self-confidence, helping you cope with traumas, encouraging you to change or avoid unhealthy lifestyle habits. So these are the positive benefits of friendships. Um, But I think because when you get that positivity, their duality, there's always the negative of that. So if you happen to be in relationships, platonic, intimate, whatever, and or just friendships in general – and you are influenced by certain ha- unhealthy habits um, or just misery loves company, like that kind of mindset, it is very human and very easy to absorb that. And so you are, again, the sum of the closest people in your life. And if there are people who don't share the same habits of you, like you are more likely anyway to fall into that, to, to eat the similar foods or to avoid certain things together. Yeah. I want to jump on that because yes, I think having friends like the, we've talked about the loneliness epidemic, having relationships is a net net positive for the most part. However, I do think it is important who those friendships are with and like you said the kind of habits and behaviors and attitudes and approaches to life that you share with these people so to be clear this is not a fat shaming conversation but there is an article in the new york times called are your friends making you fat that i will link in the show notes and it talks about the framingham study which is a famous study i'd heard about in a couple different contexts, but it basically is a study that looks at the influence of the people around you on your physical health. And in this study in Framingham, this um, like community in the UK, they looked at how groups of people would become obese together or remain slender and even lose weight. What they found was that if a friend of yours becomes obese, you are 57% more likely to become obese yourself. Wow. Makes sense. You're spending time with them. You guys are going to have similar behaviors and patterns. Checks out. What blew my mind is that if a friend of a friend becomes obese, so Melissa, if you have a friend who I have never met, And they become obese. Even if you, the person in the middle, even if your weight doesn't change, I am now 20% more likely to become obese because of your friend of a friend. Yeah, it's insane. And so when you talk about, you know, the influence that the five people around you or, you know, the friends in your life like have on have on your outcomes, it's not just the people you directly interact with, but it's about your broader 
network in that friends of a friends and acquaintances and like looser connections are also feeding into your, I guess, like chances of success. This, that study obviously looked at weight and body. It goes beyond that in many ways. There's actually this writer, David Burkus, he's the author of this book, A Friend of a Friend, Understanding the Hidden Networks That Can Transform Your Life and Career. And he says, your friends really are your future. And the implication is that you don't just need to be more deliberate about who you're spending the most time with. You also need to be examining your entire network and its influence on your life. Because like that study found, even Melissa, if your habits are great and your weight doesn't fluctuate, if a friend of a friend, all of a sudden that's now impacting me or vice versa, which is insane to me. <laughs> that it is it that okay, yeah, that did sound insane. So like how come we don't even know who this person is? But now that I'm like absorbing that information, thinking about it, it actually makes complete sense because of how well connected and how much we share about one another in our network in this digital age. So I'm gonna I'm gonna assume, right, this this is based on how our world works today and not maybe like how things were 20 years ago. But yeah, let's say for example, and and I'm kind of filling in the blank of obesity with anything, um, any sort of habit. Yeah, we're not we're not right, hung up on like, weight like at all. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about just motivation to work or motivation to work out or just um, grow, like any of that. And that makes sense, right? Because if I'm if I'm happening to absorb this third party that you don't know and I'm the middle person, I'm getting something from them 57%. So when it gets distilled and passed down to you, I mean, the math m- – maths <laughs> without me trying to get <laughs> – into the whole math of that. But then, you know, if I'm sharing something, it's probably influenced from my network of friends. And then I happen to be sharing it, talking about it with you, having conversations. You're absorbing that information secondhand. And so that makes sense to me that you would be absorbing a little bit from this unknown person because it's kind of coming from me once I absorbed it from them. And they absorbed it from somebody else. And so it's almost like this like collective recycling of habits that's happening. And I can absolutely see without being a sociologist and understanding the behavior of, of people, we need like Malcolm Gladwell to sort of walk us through this, like why people behave <laughs> the way that they behave and they behave how they behave collectively. But it's a real thing. It's a real thing. That's this is how thing like trends happen. This is how behaviors get picked up on is because it gets passed around and passed on. That's true. And I mean, I guess when you phrase it that way, it actually does make sense because I've benefited in the positive sense where if a friend is telling me about their friend who is you know, training for a marathon, doing this really cool side project, or just doing anything that I find inspiring, even if the friend in the middle, the conduit themselves isn't necessarily kicking off a big, you know, life change themselves, I do still absorb the positive benefits of that information. So you're right, it, it has the power to work in both ways, it can be mm-hmm. very positive for you and that like your friends' friends also are able to share their good energy and habits and inspiration to you. But you also, you know, like you said, on the flip side, can pick up pick up some of the negative stuff, even if you don't know them as well, which is mm-hmm. why I don't know. It's it's just crazy to me how much how much your friends support you. Melissa, we were talking a little bit before we pressed record about this and you were talking, you know, about instances where sometimes having the right friend group can encourage you or sadly, like kill a dream. You know, if, if you're not surrounded by the right people when you're getting ready to pilot something or just, you know, test the waters on something, do you, 
do you have anything more on that you you want to share on the podcast? For sure. I think, you know, and we've talked about this off the pod as well about when we want to share with certain people, like when in the process of thinking about a dream or launching a project or kickstarting something, we allow other voices and opinions to be heard because of how swayed unconsciously, Mm. subconsciously, like we can be. And especially if you're the type to go against the grain a little bit and or not take something as face value or just do something that feels different than the quote norm. People are going to have opinions. And I've been in situations before where I may have shared with family, friends, a network, work people like, oh, yeah, I'll just this is a real life example um, about how Eric and I live a life where we're not in one place for very long and we have to go through a lot of moves because he's um, a traveling respiratory therapist. And yeah, it's hard sometimes, right? Like putting yourself up for changing environments, not knowing the cities you're going to end up with, um, making new friends or, or whatever. And oftentimes like in the beginning, we got not like negativity per se but just a lot of oh that just sounds exhausting are you sure that's what you want to do that sounds like a lot of money like is it worth it and even though comments are coming from a good place like these are people that just like love me immensely and care so much about us sometimes it's just like you're kind of killing this dream right now (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, don't like we are not being flippant about this decision and we've thought it through and this is the best decision for us and our family at this moment. And so that's just like one example. It didn't sway us either way, but I feel like in certain situations, if hypothetically you have this amazing business idea and it's 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 just a seed, right? You just you're just planting a seed. And it's so like you don't have a business plan. It was just like an idea that you've been like bouncing off of. For example, uh this did not act well, this idea is true, but this is not, this situation did not happen to me. But let's say I had like this app idea about matching dogs and dog parents to other dogs and dog parents because not all dogs get along, okay? And your dog needs to be matched with another dog so they can coexist and be neutral or playful, whatever. And I let's say I share that idea with um, a a friend. Um, and then this friend just goes, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know if there's a market for that. It's going to affect me. It's going to be like, oh. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe there is something already out there. Are people do people really want to download an app again? Like do really like do people really even care that much about being paired with other dog parents? And then you just start spiraling. Versus if I maybe had told B friend and they're like, you know, that's I would love, I would love that app. Maybe like, yeah, like maybe there's some market research you can do to see if other dog parents or would be interested in that but like girl keep like try it out let's you know let's see that dream unfurl that can do other things to your brain Mm -hmm. while you're just in this consideration stage yeah and what you just described also is I mean that's a separate topic on how you communicate because both friends in your example raise the issue of market research of is there a market but friend b positioned it in a way that still felt like there was enthusiasm to like buoy you mm-hmm. to keep going versus the first friend who through their communication style it might have felt like more of an attack when it that's might not have well. been so i think i think that's that that's a good point too i think one thing i've been thinking about when it comes to your friends. I mean, I, I'm a big believer in having friends who 
add value to your life and you add value to theirs. It has to be a two-way street. Like I can't just be like absorbing things from people and then being like, I'm giving you nothing. (laughs) You're such a user, Renee. (laughs) Exactly. Like it definitely has to be reciprocal. But I do also wonder too, um, and maybe I'm just like playing devil's advocate because like I find that to be fun. Um, But also (laughs) – Where, like, do we use that sometimes of, like, needing our friends to be at the same place as us as an excuse when we don't have the motivation or discipline to, like, Mm. keep pursuing what we're doing? So, for example, I have a friend who is an avid runner. She loves running. And even on vacations, even when we're having fun, we're having drinks, we're doing whatever, every morning she'll be like, hey, guys, I'm going to go for a run. I don't care if I'm hungover. I don't care whatever. Like, that's her vibe. And we'll go on vacations. And many of us are like, ma'am, we got home too late to even be thinking about going on a jog. <laughs> we're not, not doing that. I'm not this friend, by the way. Just... <laughs> I'm not the avid runner friend. <laughs> I am not the avid runner friend either. I'm not talking about myself. But we'll often have these trips and everyone else will say, no, we're not in the mood. And she still goes. Like, she's like, I'm still going for this run. And I think that it is nice to, like, yes, it's great to, like, want to have friends who share all of your strong habits and, you know, routines and like want to be on that journey with you. I'm not saying that you shouldn't seek that out and maybe encourage the people around you to like lift each other up to get there. But I don't know if we can put all the blame on, well, the people around me aren't doing it. And so I'm not surrounding myself with the right people. Because if you're committed to something, you're committed to it. Whether or not your friends want to go for the run, you know you're going for the run. Whether or not your friends want to have seven tequila shots and 14 cocktails at night, you know that your limit is two drinks and that you want to – I mean, don't drink Whoa, that shot. That's 14 insane. cocktails. Is this the but, like, you know what I mean? Like they're <laughs> – we're all just getting crazy. Sorry. But there is a point too where you are just like, I want my friends to be on the same wavelength, but mm-hmm. if they're not, it's still like up to me to – to go for the run, to have the that 10 minute meditation that I said I wanted to commit to, even if everyone else is like joking around in the kitchen and having fun. Like, do we put too much pressure or expectations on the people around us to to get us where we should be, where we can get mm-hmm. ourselves? No, you're bringing up a great point, right? Because at the end of the day, and this is something you as my friend in other contexts and other conversations we've shared have reminded me time and time again that you are in control and you actually have more control than you think you do in the direction of your life and in what you end up accepting and what you end up doing with it. And so I don't think we can expect everyone, even our partners and people we're married to or in long-term relationships with and we've invested in to consistently be on the same page about anything and everything. I, For me, I think it's just like a larger picture, right? So mm-hmm. in maybe in your, your runner <laughs> vacation situation, your runner friend, you may not – influence her or not influence her but you may not be like oh girl like I don't want to I'm not gonna run you can run I'm not gonna run but I think fundamentally you as a friend are someone who values wellness and health and taking care of yourself so you may not necessarily need the Pilates class every single day and do it consistently right like even on vacation. I wish I could. I love Pilates. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but you're also a friend who's not going to guilt her into saying like, why are you even trying that? Or uh, like she knows she has your support for wanting a healthy lifestyle and, and, and understand her behavior and why she's doing that. 
than making her feel anything less than that. And so I think they're just like a lot of like fundamental things that true we I don't know when when we're choosing our friendships or or figuring out you know is this somebody that is continuing to add value and vice versa am I influencing them positively Um, I mean of course it's not gonna be perfect all the time but I think it's just more like fundamentally and like that foundation and so I do, though, agree that we could probably see that as, like, a crutch for why we're not making changes at the speed in which we would want to make changes for. And, again, it's easy to be like, well, I mean, everyone seems pretty happy with how things are right now. Like, maybe maybe I am happy at this. Like, maybe I am okay with – not putting all this energy and investment in being an entrepreneur like maybe maybe I'm just romanticizing this idea another hot topic of romanticizing entrepreneurship um and so it's just like easier to sway yourself against something because you're not surrounded by it but for me I know like once I meet people with a certain spark you know you just mm-hmm. feel it you're just like holy moly guacamole they are just they want to soak up so much of life for me personally I need that like I just need that energy even if I can't match that energy right then and there just knowing that it exists somewhere as in a in my network makes me really like pumped up yeah, I'm I'm very much like you. I I'm very attracted to that energy and attracted in the broad sense, like platonically as well. I just I find that zest, that drive, I I find that very attractive and like exciting to me. And so for me personally, while I do think at the end of the day I am responsible for how committed I am to you know, trying to pursue the life I want. I do think it is leagues and above, like surrounding yourself with the right people makes it so much easier. I can't remember Mm -hmm. if I've said this on the podcast before, but when I was paying off some personal credit card debt a couple of years ago, honestly, one of the things that helped me the most beyond any specific you know, move your money this way, like open these accounts, like beyond like those tactical things. I, I personally think the thing that helped me the most in paying off debt was that I started listening to a bunch of personal finance podcasts that interviewed people who talked about paying off debt, not because I was necessarily picking up tools and strategies from these individuals, Mm. But I think just surrounding myself with the stories of people who were doing the thing that I wanted to do got me in the headset that said, okay, I can do it. Because that pastor on that podcast just paid off way more debt than I had. That single mom with three kids just paid it off. That college student who was still like in school, you know, like just being around that energy, I think made the biggest difference in like getting me to pay off debt more so than any strategy of, well, if you save X amount of money, if you make this do- doodly-doo, like, yes, those things had to occur. <laughs> Definitely the do- doodly-doo. Do-doodly-doo. do ever heard you make that noise. I've made several noises. That's a new one. But yeah, I think, yeah, for me, being surrounded by anything helps. And I think that's honestly like why I'm like, I spend so much time on YouTube because when I get in the headspace of like, oh, I want to do something new, I just deep dive into like watching a bunch of people doing that thing. And then it just feels like I'm in my own sort of social club of like, oh, wow, like I'm so, you know, if I don't have it in my personal friends, I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm still surrounded by people doing the thing that I want to do. And so I am in that like five people closest to you, even though these are strangers. So 
I, I am a, I'm a big believer in like just having that energy in your life for sure. That's yeah. That's a great idea too. I mean, it goes back to what we've talked about before around conception, consumption, like you are what you consume. Mm -hmm. And so if you are creating conscious decisions and curating what you're consuming in positive ways, so you can just get yourself in that headspace uh, there's almost no excuse for you to like it ending up in your subconscious. And so all, now all of a sudden you're, you're attracting it, right? So now you're thinking about it and now you're like attracting that kind of energy. You're attracted to that kind of energy. It's attracted back to you. And then mm-hmm. you can finally, I mean, that's like the, the hardest thing is just starting or thinking about something and it, if something is – and this is, I think, from, like, Bruce Feiler. Like, if something is giving you butterflies, mm. listen to it, you know? And and start feeding it, right? Start feeding it with articles and YouTube videos and seeking out people who want to talk about it. And I think that's why I love talking to you about all the things that we've talked about so far is because, like, that it's just something that – we both want to continue digging and we want to continue on this journey of waking up to a life that we want to live every single day. And we want to get off of this autopilot, you know, habit and into a life we know that we would love and that we would deserve. And the more we talk about it, the more we unpack it, I don't know. I just feel like the more likely it is going to happen because we're, we are so conscious of it, our habits, our, our behaviors will follow. I agree. I'll, I'll drop another article in the show notes. Um, it's from Thomas C. Corley. He studied the habits of millionaires over five years um, to kind of write this book about the daily success habits of wealthy individuals. And one of the big things that he found across all of these self-made millionaires was that they intentionally surrounded themselves with rich relationships. And this article kind of highlights um, some of the tenets of what he would define as a rich relationship. People with an abundance mindset, solutions focused, optimistic, emotionally stable, grateful, patient, like all of these amazing things that we all look for in our rich relationships in our life. Um, I know we're coming to a close soon, but in this conversation of friendship and surrounding yourself with that right energy and zest, not to end on a downer note, but how, if you realize that the people around you are not rich relationships and you've made efforts to kind of move the relationship in that direction and it's, it's unsuccessful, how do you go about like ending a relationship because you guys just aren't growing together. Have you ever done that before? Like intentionally ended a friendship? (laughs) I, if I did, I don't know if I honestly did that with a lot of grace in the past, but, Mm. um, I think friendships now in my, 30s are are very different than ones I maybe had as a teenager and in my 20s and I I think before things really get to the point of like bye-bye this ain't working bye-bye um give us the reunion for (laughs) please and seek manifesting um I think a conversation first needs to be had of like is it like what is it about that that's truly negatively affecting how you're moving forward with your life. And if that person is willing to listen and understand your, your point of view. Um, I also just, I don't know how I've, I don't, I consider myself a low maintenance friend. Please let me know if I'm not though, (laughs) but I consider myself of like, I understand that my friends sometimes need space and they need to figure things out and they'll come to me when 
they need me, but of course I'll, I'll do my best to check in on them. I just don't need a lot of attention from my friends. But if I, when I ask for that attention, if I'm going through something and, and they show up and, or if we reconnect after a few months or even after like a few years, let's call it. And it feels like things are still energetic and still feel like we're creating some like positive vibrations with one another. Um, that to me is the type of friendships that I want to continue to attract. And I believe like in my now thirties, I've, I don't know, sub, not subconsciously, but I, I have just weeded out. That sounds so horrible to say, but I've weeded out the, the clingy types of relationships that I know aren't really helpful for me or ones I know mm. that I just end up living in just like this horrible headspace of like everything sucks. It's not going anywhere. And like, what? <laughs> um, I don't even know if I really answered that question, Renee. <laughs> I'm like, no, you didn't, you didn't have to. the subject. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't have to. I, 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 I was thinking back on my experience and I haven't had an intentional conversation about ending a relationship for those reasons. I think I have, I, I can see it more clearly in romantic relationships um, mm. where things ended because of, I think that happens more naturally in romance. You're just like, oh, is this person going to be like my partner forever? Yes or no. But like, we don't always look at friendships with the same lens, even though many friendships outlast your romantic relationships. So you probably Very should. True. <laughs> um, Great but, point. Yeah, I th- I was thinking about it too. So I was just asking if you had any guidance because I like I view you as someone who is really like sensitive in those conversations. Um, and you are a low maintenance friend, by the way, in, in the best, in, in a positive way. Um, just kidding. no, I, yeah, I think I'm similar to you. Like when I think of the friendships that I've realized maybe just aren't, I wouldn't define as having the characteristics of a rich relationship. I, it's been less of a hard breakup and more of either a slow fade or just a a mutual understanding of where we fit into each other's lives. You know, like you're someone who I can have coffee with once a year and it's pleasant and we catch up and it doesn't have to be this big conversation where we're severing ties. We both kind of know like this is where we are in each other's lives. Like there's still like emotion there that we don't want to let go but we're maybe not on the same page about some things and that's okay, but it doesn't warrant a big let's have a red table talk conversation <laughs> to like bring, <laughs> bring everything to the surface. Um, so no, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. I was just like curious. Cause I was like, if, if someone has done it kindly, it probably, you would probably be one of the people uh, I would think of. That's really nice of you to say. Uh, <laughs> But no, I'm definitely not a perfect friend and have not ended things perfectly as well. Um, but I mean, but I think the what well, your point and maybe this is sort of the my last kind of like thought around this is um, the advice in this is not necessarily, at least coming from me, is not to sever ties and cut those people out and blah. You know, they're not meant to be in your life. But I think you sort of have to just be conscious of what they are adding and, and be really upfront with yourself of that and understanding that you can love someone immensely, but understand that you may not need to coalesce in every aspect of your life together to call Mm. them a good friend and friends can come in many seasons of your life and they can fade in and they can fade back out and they can fade back in again And it doesn't mean that they are anything less than to you. And I also just want to like remind my friends that as well is like, even if we may not be in each other's lives the same way that we had been in the past does not mean I love you anything like any, any less or that I don't also see you as someone that I just love and respect. Like they're just seasons, ebbs and flows and balance and, and things like that. Um, 
And so, yeah, just, just being, just knowing what is good for you, what's also good for them and I don't know, wishing the best for each other and just trying to be better. <laughs> being this growth yeah. mindset. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree with you 100% on the like seasonality. Like I'm not, I'm not big on cutting off friends. I, I'm more of a, it just kind of fluctuates based on where we are. I mean, I think about you and me, for example, like we are obviously in a season right now where we speak to each other every day, like mm-hmm. most of the day. <laughs> but, but over our 20 years of knowing each other, we've probably gone like a couple of years where it was like, I haven't spoken to Melissa in months. <laughs> You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on with her or vice versa. Um, and and that doesn't mean that, oh, well, I haven't heard from her in a moment. So that means that, like, the friendship's over. It's like, okay, we're just, like, we're in a season where books kind of – yeah, we're not on the rocks. We're just kind of doing our own thing. And then, like, we flow back together as the rivers meet. And, you know, I think – I think if you're, when you're thinking about friendships, it's less about, do I cut you out? Do I cut them in? Like who is in my top eight that I'm constantly curating? Like, you know, it's not like this Mm -hmm. MySpace finite, you know, group of people, but it's more, do I feel that rich relationship, that energy, that support, no matter how it manifests in, you know, you're a marathoner, I'm not a marathoner, but I'll support you in other ways or, you know, vice versa. And you just keep those people around you to whatever degree of closeness you can support in that moment. And when the timing's right, it will, you'll come together and you'll separate, but it doesn't have to break apart unless, unless it is something that feels really, really abrupt. But yeah, I think look for the zest, look for the spice, like those people who you've mentioned this before, people who make you feel expanded instead of contracted. And if you have those friends, it's okay. Like if I'm feeling expanded when I'm around you, it's okay if like we have different eating patterns. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? That's not a reason to like end a friendship. (laughs) No, 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 no. But just being conscious of that and conscious of like how that affects you is key, I think, right? Of like, I know how I am when I'm like, when I'm eating with this friend. So I know I just have to be conscious of that. So it doesn't harm is a strong word, but it doesn't hurt or harm the habits that I'm building. But friendships are good. Like there are positives definitely always outweigh the negatives. Um, I think conscious connection, conscious friendship is really where we're, we're coming at with this. And that there is power in friendships. And so be mindful. I wouldn't say be, I almost said be careful, but I think instead of saying being careful, I'm going to end it with be mindful. That's beautiful. (laughs) That's Um, great. Oh, well that was, that was good. For some reason that talking about friendships and like relationships and things like that, I just felt like this weight lifted off my shoulders for some reason. I know we talk about like a lot of things, but that just like I feel like I can like take a deep breath. <laughs> yeah, I think I think for most people, this is definitely true for me. Like the people in my life are like some of the most important parts of it. So mm-hmm. just finding a way to coexist with my independent journey while also honoring and protecting these things that I do in partnership with people because none of us lives in a vacuum and like mm-hmm. protecting those relationships that are so dear. I think it's, it's good to be in a place where you have peace with that, that like I can do my thing, but still have these people and like I can make them both work. <laughs> That's so good. Do you want to, do you want to talk about gold stars? Yeah, sure. So my gold star is for a fruit. It is for, um, I know, very different. Is this our first fruit? Is this our first fruit gold star? No, I think it is our first fruit. It is, have you had a sun gold kiwi before? No, I've had just a kiwi. Okay, so I'm about to blow your mind. 
<laughs> so sun gold kiwis are available here in the US. I discovered them for the first time last year when I was living abroad and traveling through Asia. But basically, it it, it looks like a, a kiwi that you're familiar with. The outside is a little less hairy. And the inside, instead of being green, is like a bright yellow with like the black seeds. Mm. Mm-hmm. Taste-wise, it's kind of like a cross between a mango and a strawberry. And like mango is oh, my favorite fruit. You had mango. Yeah. It is. It's so delicious. It's sweet, but not too sweet. And it actually has three times the vitamin C of oranges and strawberries. So it oh. is like a nutrient powerhouse. And they are just so good. Sun gold kiwis, if you see them, they tend, I always see them by the brand Zespri. So I'll, I'll drop it in the show notes <laughs> so you can look for the packaging in your supermarket. <laughs> I better be able to find this sun kiwi at the grocery store this week. And if I don't, I'm going to be very mad. <laughs> Just no, it it's it's there. It's not like it's also not limited to the bougie stores. Like you can get it at like the at like the regular. I don't want to say regular. I was gonna say. Do you have to go to Whole word. Foods? No, you don't have to go to Whole Foods. I like they have it at Harris Tito, um, and other you know mass supermarkets of that ilk. Yeah. Um, Sun Gold Kiwis. They're fantastic. Mm. They're yummy. They're healthy. They're great. <laughs> And it's there in season for them. (laughs) They're yummy. They're fantastic. They're great. (laughs) Um, What is kiwis? What's your Um, gold star? (laughs) Please let it be more (laughs) substantial than my fruit. Uh, You know, it's actually not. (laughs) So I'm glad that we were on the same wavelength of what type of gold star we're giving this week. And I'm leaning into my cozy gamer girl era. (laughs) and my gold star (laughs) is a game that i've been obsessed with called dreamlight valley it's based it's disney so it's for i mean quote i mean this is like a real thing it's like for the cozy gamers it's for folks who like kind of doing quests being able to like build like customize things like farming (laughs) like you know maybe some of our listeners here are like oh yeah like i love games and maybe it's like reaching somebody um i played on the nintendo switch but you can also play it on pc i think those are the only like consoles or platforms um but yeah uh love it because you get to like meet new and meet and unlock new disney characters (laughs) i'm not even like a huge disney girly (laughs) like i'm not in a disney adult like in the what the name actually represents but I mean, like unlocking Moana and I just unlocked Prince Eric. Like it's fun. I don't know. It's it's a distressor for sure. That's my gold star. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> you'll get nothing. I've never heard of this game, but you'll get no judgment from me because it honestly just it was giving me nostalgia to my like deep Pokemon Neopets days oh, yeah. where I was like, yes, I can do a quest. I can unlock some like. Oh yes. yeah, the joy that I got I just talked from about Neopets, Neopets and Pokemon. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's on my brain. Yeah, I don't know if we played Neopets. No, we didn't play Neopets together because we didn't meet each other till high school. Uh, and I don't think I was playing Neopets in high school. It was definitely like middle school, middle school like vibes for me. Um, but anyway, oh, I would play it very- tomorrow if someone gave me like the website. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could up like have my old account. I used to have, like, a storefront on Neopets where I collected the plushies. Like, I just bought all the plushies. <laughs> oh, I used to, like, co- collect those, like, what is it, the big gold tokens and coins or whatever. Oh, code, code stones? Yeah, and okay. then you'd, like, feed your neo. I learned so many vocabulary words from Neopets also. It was like, oh, your Neopet is satiated. And I was like, I don't know what that Gamish. means. Does it need I food? <laughs> and then you yeah. feed the Neopets or, like give the neopets books and they got smarter yeah from like the books you gave them this is really just like training us to (laughs) be adults yeah have pets and have children like you have to take care of something (laughs) (laughs) Uh, neopets um well we're manifesting neopets coming back into the world uh, but yes. what else are we manifesting <laughs> this week? Um, so my manifestation is 
from a rap that I heard recently. And you know, sometimes it's good because I don't love when rappers are just like talking about like getting women, guns, drugs, and cars and what I'm like, okay, we've heard like 18 Trap versions houses. of that. Yeah, like that's that's not my life, sorry. But some I love when people are like spitting actual bars. And in this rap, the rapper said, don't be bitter, be better. And I said, yeah, <gasps> Who? that's it. Who's the rapper? That's it. So Nox? it's this, no, no. <laughs> it's this like no, Japanese I, girl who's like a teenager. <laughs> she was just like rapping okay. on YouTube um, in English for part of it. And I was like, oh, okay. First of all, you're super young and like you're very talented um second like that's a bar don't be bitter be better and I just think it really says it all like don't like be like worrying about all of this stuff and <sighs> ah, this and this happened to me it's like okay like so many people need be to be better like <laughs> like okay got it that's like, my passive aggressive comment of the day <laughs> so many people need to hear that message I mean, I need, I needed to, I needed to hear it. Yeah. I was like, I need to hear this sometimes because I can like get a little bit in my feels about letting things go. And I was like, Mm -hmm. just let it go, babe. Be better next time. (laughs) That's, that's really what it is. Be better next time, not bitter. Um, I said Nas because it sounds like something Nas would say. Eric is really Nas. He's a good rapper. Yeah. And he's retiring. Um, (gasps) Like actually fact, retiring or like Jay-Z retiring uh, where he'll like come up with an album like a couple of years. I don't know <laughs> Nas enough to like know, but Eric was like all up in his feels about it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> my uh, my manifestation um, is going through things you never thought you'd go through will only take you places you never thought you'd get to. Now that I've said it, why do I feel like you've shared that before? Maybe, I just got like deja vu all of a sudden. Maybe we didn't. Maybe we've just no, talked about it. No, I don't think so. It. Okay. It is um, by Morgan Harper Nichols. Nichols. Am I saying yeah. Nichols. Thank you. Same I follow her on Instagram. <laughs> Nichols. Yes. Beautiful artwork. Beautiful like mic drops. Um, and I just think there – you know, we're I'm in a season of change right now. We're in a new city. That causes a lot of things to happen where you don't necessarily anticipate and plan. And there are moments in the last 48 hours where I had just felt like so depleted and defeated. Mm. And then I just thought about it and I'm like, you know what? We are doing what we're doing for a reason. And it has reaped so many benefits and positive in our lives for the last like few years if I never did this I will not grow like we will not have grown and I just feel stronger in like my decision making skills I feel stronger in us just like keeping on moving keeping forward and making the best out of situation and we ended up being able to land in a place uh, we didn't even think we needed but now that we're here we're like wow this it feels so good to be in a comfortable place and a safe space that we can like live in. Um, won't drag on of the story. <laughs> Let me know off the pod if you want, if you want my saga. Um, but yeah, I just really love that quote. If you don't go through it, you will, you can't even imagine the types of places and things you're going to learn. So that's my yeah. manifestation of the week. I really like that. I, I think that is it's such a good reminder when we are going through challenges or things that just feel like when we feel out of our depth and it's Mm -hmm. like, well, you have to get out of your depth. Otherwise you won't see what's out there. Like the sure Mm -hmm. thing boat never like leaves far from shore. Like you gotta like test the waters if you really want to like set sail and see what's out there. I like that. Ooh, all these metaphors. <laughs> I know. Too many. <laughs> too they make too sense, many from though. me. Sorry. <laughs> um, um, before but thank we... thank you, guys. Oh, yeah. I, I was going to yeah. share something, but you go first. 
I was actually going to say, I think before we go, you wanted to share something. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the intro. We were saying the same thing. Sorry. No, no, no apologies. I was going to say, we have the date set for our next book club episode. It is October 11th. We had a sort of hilarious last minute change of what our book was going to be. So we're going to keep it as a surprise. We think you guys will be delighted and learn a lot from it. (laughs) So we're not going to tell you what it is yet, but October 11th, we will be dropping our next book club episode. So keep an eye or an ear out for that. And maybe after our conversation, you will be excited to pick up this book, which don't judge a book by its cover because there are some gems in this thing that we we did not expect to find. <laughs> that quote is so irrelevant for this one. And I just feel like, like little schoolgirls, like we've got a secret. We can't tell you yet. Uh, but no, trust us. Just trust us. <laughs> yeah. Trust us. It's good. It wasn't on your bingo card for this year, but it might be in your shopping cart soon. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Um, and thank you all for being here. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your days and see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.